Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Pretty good. Good, good. We, uh, we've taken another break. We did, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, 2019's been off to a flying start, hasn't it? Hey man, well, you know, I had a good reason. Um, I decided to go off and have a nice time in London and Brighton instead of recording a stupid podcast. So, it's, yeah, yeah, I can't can't fault you for those. Um, I did, I did attempt to get a guest on, kind of couldn't, just couldn't kind of work it out timing wise. Uh, and then I was thinking about just just going solo for an episode, and then decided that probably can't just ramble on for an hour about like an hour myself. Like I, I don't know who would want to listen to that. And then I ended up uh, just planning something hopefully exciting which might come to fruition later this year that mm-hmm. i'll announce as soon as i can yeah that's very exciting yeah um i mean i have listened to people do one person podcasts before yeah uh, it's not it's not the best thing to listen to it's just sort of weird so i'm sort of glad you didn't do that i think it's better <laughs> that we don't have an episode than we have you just rambling for like an hour and a half yeah i, I feel like it would just descend quite quickly <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, people don't listen to this podcast for the magic. They listen to it for the the excellent banter and relationship that we have. You know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh goddamn it! So since <coughs> since your absence there, have you been playing much magic at all? <clears throat> yeah. So um, I a couple of weeks ago we had Legacy FNM. Nice. Went four zero. Hey, that's good. Because Green if is busted. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't get to draft um allegiance no because on, the, on the um on the release the draft weekend that was when legacy fnm was which is annoying yeah it's like oh, i can draft anytime i'll just i'll play legacy i only get to do that every once in a while yeah. and then uh played modern fnm nice that was less fun went one three yeah such is such is modern yeah especially when you play bad Prime Speaker Vanifar decks like I do. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that deck isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like two weeks ago, I was like, I'm building this deck, it's going to be really bad but really fun. Yeah. It's neither of those things. Oh. It's, it's, it's bad and not fun. That's, um, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, it's quite interesting. I, I think I've seen a, a few people who were quite excited to play it have sort of fairly similar results and sort of similar feelings about it, like since they have played it, which. I feel it's, it's quite different since, like, the last time we tried to see some sort of Splinter Twin variant when we had, like, the Sahili Falador Guardian thing. Mm, that was also bad. Yeah, I mean, at least that that did see a couple of copies in day two of a modern GP, like, not long after it came out. Yeah, I mean, that, that deck is a lot more fun because the problem yeah. with the Vanifar deck is you're playing a lot of really, really subpar creatures. Yeah. Um, because with with the Sahili deck, you're playing a lot of good creatures and then you're playing Falador Guardian, which is fine. Yeah. And Sahili, which is like actually just quite good a lot of the time. Yeah, for um, sure. Like the very worst, she fixes your draws. Exactly. Um, whereas my Vanifar list was just like uh, just playing a lot of really really bad creatures, um, some Restoration Angels, <laughs> and, then, and then just like my Vanifar got pathed. And yeah. I was like, oh great, well, uh, attack you with this one power creature. So it's pretty bad. Yeah, it doesn't sound great to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably just going to play Kiki Chord, like actual Kiki Chord. Yeah. Because that deck is it's, it performs about the same and is just a lot more fun. That's fair. Um, 
and the, you know there are actual lists from proper magic players who I can copy <laughs> so that makes my life a lot easier following your, your rules from our, our previous episode I see uh, just uh, I, uh, that, is a, that is a good point actually I, I've had some feedback on that yeah. on that episode people like having a bit of a go about it like how could you how can you like tell us to stop brewing and then stop net decking I'm like it's clearly clearly a joke <laughs> so the amount of times I had to send that um, Rainier Wolfcastle gif <laughs> like <laughs> unbelievable um, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where, like, I, th- I think I think you do sort of make some fair points, but also mm. kind of take everything you say with a pinch of salt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how you should treat my entire existence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking most of the time. <laughs> um, but unless unless you found that episode particularly informative, in which case I was being completely serious, and I am, in fact, incredibly smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you should take away from the episode. Yes, SMRT uh, smart. <laughs> there we go. Um but yeah, other than that, I've just been uh, actually playing a lot of drafts on Arena, nice. which okay. feels feels wrong. Yeah, because I still hate Arena, <laughs> but it's really good to draft on. <laughs> so debatable, debatable. Uh, it's it's, I mean, it's very different to draft on. Yeah, I mean, it, I can do like five drafts in an evening yeah. and not have to beat my house. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The drafting experience is mediocre. The deck building experience is heinous. Yeah, uh, the gameplay is fine. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> I can I can like lie in bed at half eleven at night and just keep drafting. Yeah, and I've had a lot of fun with it. It's been um, it's been good. I mean, I've been enjoying the format so far. Cool. Yeah, I, I haven't played too much of it myself. Um, I mean, at least like I think my issue is like whenever I draft anything now, like since Dominaria, I just like compare it to that, which I was just like you know like if you could hook me up to like an ivy of like dominaria boosters then yeah i would i would would, would take that (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. how much i drafted that uh but i've had a fair few drafts uh i've gone like three nil on magic online drafting it a couple of times now uh Mm -hmm. and i've I've done a done a couple of arena drafts again just that like convenience as you say like it is fairly easy just to jump in Get the draft portion over with in like five minutes. Build a build a you know mediocre deck and then get run over by a gate tech like three games in a row. <laughs> um, yeah, they seem to have fixed that. I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. I think yeah that and like I've been trying to draft some gate decks and they just don't come together. Yeah, as 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 like heinously as they did be, yeah. <laughs> before. Um, how long did it take your uh, Magic Online queue to fill up? <laughs> Oh, not not very long. Like there, there's, sure. there are still dozens of us that play Magic Online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I think you make up more than you, you personally make up more than one percent of the people playing Magic Online. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun format. I've I've, I've been enjoying it. Good. Yeah, I haven't played too much of it myself, but I am definitely enjoying it. I, I particularly really enjoy the Azorius deck. I feel it. It just kind of plays exactly how I want to play Magic, just kind of mm-hmm. grindy and just just getting little edges where you can. Flyers and removal. Yeah, it's great. That's all you need. Great. Yeah, I love it. I got I got my first seven seven wins in a draft. Nice. With an Orzhov deck, um, Ill Gotten Inheritance is a uh, is a great Magic card. Yeah, I like that card. I would first pick that card a lot. Um, and turns out Seraph of the Scales is also very good. Yeah, that's a card I would definitely first pick. Yeah, it's always nice when you're like sort of vaguely in an Orzhov deck and you're like, you can possibly order into Ra- Audible into Rakdos and then pack two, you open a Seraph of the Scales and you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely just playing Orzhov, that's fine. Yeah, I think I've found with with this format, like the, the three colour decks are 
kind of a lot more sort of viable options than there were in guilds. Mm, definitely. I'm not sure what about it it is that sort of makes that, that true, but it definitely seems that way. Like I feel like the the cards that I'm splashing for, I'm, I'm not having any problem kind of wanting to splash for or being able to splash for. Whereas in guilds, I feel like it was a little bit sort of stricter. Like once you found your guild, you just stayed in that lane. Yeah, I think so. And there was like a little bit of crossover when you like you kind of played Soul Tie if you were drafting Demir. Yeah, and like there was like a Grixis deck that was reasonable. Yeah, but I think it's the fact that the cards you're you're trying to splash like there, there's a lot of crossover in every guild. Yeah, like your Simic decks trying to splash uh, Law Mages Binding. Yeah, for sure. And your Ghoul decks trying to splash basically any Rakdos card because yeah. they're all really good. Um, it's interesting. I think the the main difference I found is that they're just it's there are no dead guilds really. Yeah, for sure. Like, I know we're still early on in the format, but, like, it was fairly clear from the beginning of Guilds of Ravnica that Selesnya and Golgari were just sort of crap. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Demir and Izzet were just far, far superior to those decks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Boros was fine. But this... this I've drafted everything except... Azorius? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I've drafted everything except Azorius, and they've all felt very viable and very good. Yeah. Uh, my Gruul deck was busted, but it turns out if you don't draw forests, <laughs> you uh, tend to lose games of magic. Um, but yeah, I, f- I found them all to be all to be very very viable. Like you, so, you have like Rakdos is obviously like blisteringly fast. Yeah. Um, but then like Azoria still has the sort of like um, the high toughness blockers and the removal to deal with that. Yeah. And then just casting like Wrecking Beast in the Gruul decks is uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think like the the power level between the guilds seems like really balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, at least as, as far as it, it goes in draft. Um, yeah, like I've I've had the most success with Azorius myself. Like they're the only guild that I've managed to three nil on Magic Online with. And mm-hmm. even like all of the strategies kind of seem playable. Like if you do the the high alert deck. Yeah. Yeah, like I've I've won with that. I have like multiple occasions. I've played a screaming shield in my deck and milled my opponent out as well. Like nice, absolutely viable strategies. Yeah, that's the thing that I think the format definitely has a capacity to facilitate nonsense. Yeah, um, you can definitely do some stupid stuff and get some wins. Yeah, for sure. Like I've definitely lost to a mill deck. Oh yeah, like the mill deck that you have to work really hard and like open well, but like. It's actually reasonable. Yeah, so, I, I don't even know if you have to sort of work that hard to get to get at it. Like, I think I think a lot of people were, or maybe still are, sort of put off by those kind of strategies anyway. So you find like the cards that you want for the decks just left in the pack. So at least that's the case of Magic Online. So when when that deck comes together, it really comes together well, and you just end up just having just an amazing sort of mill deck or uh, the high alert deck. Sure, okay. Yeah, that's the thing. I am yet to actually draft it in paper. Yeah, or with actual um, people. Yeah, with actual human beings. I'm just drafting it with the reader bots. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever been past a persistent petition, actually. Yeah. I don't, think I, like, I don't think I've ever been past that card. Um, I've certainly been past them on Magic Online. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be drafting uh, on Wednesday. Sweet. When this, when this episode comes out. Nice. Um... I always, I always have a, a thing where, like, when I draft online, I have like a reasonable record. Yeah. 
and then when I start drafting a paper, I just like O three every time. Oh. So uh, maybe Arena isn't that bad because it's where I win games of Magic. <laughs> and that's what's important, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward. To it. I haven't done any paper drafts of it myself, uh, but there is a winner box uh, on Sunday that is going to be limited. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be playing in that. Um, yeah, I I uh, I saw that event and was like, oh, can I can I swing a trip to Newcastle this weekend? Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, fuel costs yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I'd have to be in work early on the Monday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could drive down on a Sunday night, right? Um, yeah, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. So I think we have a fair few things to generally discuss that have been going on in the magic world. Yeah, definitely. We've, uh, a lot has happened in the space of a week, I guess. Really, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> we missed an episode. Two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's hmm, it's been a time. Yeah, where do you want to start? Uh, I guess, I guess we should probably start with like coverage, mm, or the lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Grand Prix New Jersey mm-hmm. was a thing. Um, was it? Are you sure? I I don't know. We could look online, but there'd be no evidence of it. <laughs> See, right, this is the kind of episode this is the kind of episode that other podcasts did last week. Yeah. But I've got like a, a lot of like really, really bad jokes. <laughs> so we're gonna do this this week just sure. so I can make those really bad jokes. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously the I had that that thing on uh, Saturday Saturday morning really when it was sort of noticed that there was no text coverage for Grumpy, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was then pointed out in just like a random tweet so somebody who has uh, has written for Hipsters of the Coast or might still write for Hipsters of the Coast had posted something sort of at the Magic Pro Tour account on Twitter asking uh, if there was going to be text coverage for Grand Prix New Jersey Mm -hmm. uh, to which the the Magic Pro Tour account replied that there wouldn't be uh, and there wouldn't be any text coverage from any GPs going forward from this event and that any information and standings etc can be found uh, posted on Sunday evening yeah which is, it's, it's not great it's one of the things I really liked about uh, stuff like European GPs that I, I wouldn't be able to go to uh, but I know quite a few people who do go out and play them I like, mm-hmm. you know sort of cheering them on from, from home and you get to see, see the standings and see where they are and see how they're doing uh, we've got like a local player that played in GP Vegas uh, last year, the year before, and he ended up doing really well. Ended up like uh, getting into like a, a winning in for the top eight, and it was really cool sort of watching his sort of progression through the tournament and the, the standings and the text coverage there. So it, yeah. it felt really, really sad that we just weren't going to have that experience anymore. This is the thing. I think a lot of people were kicking off about the fact that there was no video coverage. Yeah, um, and that was annoying. Yeah, definitely. Like I like I like spending my weekends just sort of, you know, taking a, a couple of like half an hour to go watch the watch the stream for for a bit and stuff like that. But I mean, I, I guess I can kind of understand why there's no why there's no video co- coverage because it's expensive. Yeah. Like for what they actually get out of it, like you know, you've got to um, pay your commentators and you've got to like set up the feature match areas and all this stuff. Like everything everything costs money. Yeah. And the return they're getting for that is 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 low so i can i can understand it from that point of view um but the, the problem the problem was the lack of uh, the lack of communication about it yeah definitely was, was honestly the, the problem i had with it yeah i mean how much does it 
like how much work does it take and how much does it cost to do text coverage of a GP? Yeah, for sure. Like a couple of people? Yeah. Yeah, right? I'd say like two people at most probably. Um, I know from uh, from experience sort of talking to Craig Jones who was covering GP Liverpool text coverage. I know he was mm-hmm. writing all of the text coverage but then I assume there'll be somebody else there working on sort of like uploading it or editing it or whatever so I, I assume it's going to take probably two people right I would have thought so yeah but I mean just because like we follow we follow the Twitter accounts and we just we check up throughout our weekend you know just to see what's going on yeah because we're interested because we play magic um and it's just it, it's it was the lack of the lack of communication about it the fact that you know like you said like we found out in reply to a tweet yeah like if if the the Pro Tool Twitter account or the Magic Twitter account Twitter account had tweeted out, oh, we're not doing coverage for GP New Jersey because X Y Z, we'd have something to get angry about. But at least we'd know. Yeah, for sure. But it's it's Watsy continuing their pattern of just not not telling us anything. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, it's just. And then you know we had, um, the that that Mountain Goats stream. Yeah. Which was cool. Which was awesome. I love the Mountain Goats. Mountain Goats are like, you know, the only band that matters ever. Full stop. Probably. Wow. But like, I just felt really bad for them, and I also couldn't really get that excited about like one of my fa- all-time favorite bands releasing a new record. Yep. I mean, that was the thing. It was like it was nothing to do with Mountain Goats. Nope. Like, John was just there doing a cool thing, like you know, playing on the um on the magic twitch yeah. like that was fun and, and everything and i like i watched i watched quite a bit of it. it was really good um and obviously the people in charge of that have nothing to do with the people that are in charge of coverage yeah or probably who people are in charge of like um their social media or anything like that it just felt it felt a little tone deaf yeah absolutely not have to not have this announcement to, to not tell us what was going on with coverage even text coverage yeah and they'd be like, oh, listen to this you know watch this mountain get stream and all of this stuff and it's like uh literally the entire like magic community is shouting at you currently yeah it's i just felt really off yeah definitely i i couldn't really watch it for long myself it just kind of got got too much uh yeah but you know like i said a lot of things can happen in a week or two weeks as it's been Mm -hmm. and we have since had some communication about that yeah yeah so they they have said um i mean wizards of the coast have made some sort of brief comments about it but then uh I mean, mainly sort of the the information or I guess roundabout information has come from uh, the likes of like uh, Rich Hagen who said you know we are we are going to be providing you know, complete coverage for any um, mythic championships uh, that'll mm-hmm. be coming up like absolutely nothing changes there there may be some changes coming to coverage in the future they're really exciting hopefully when we can sort of reveal them to you and that's pretty much all, all we got. So we, we, from that, you can kind of like figure out that things are going on behind the scenes. Yeah. That hopefully some some good changes are coming ahead. It just mm-hmm. would have been nice if they'd if they just just told us things were happening, things were changing. We were gonna, you know, take a small break from coverage for a while, but big things are coming. Yeah, I mean, all of that sounds like it's going to be arena based. Um, Possibly. I mean, I'm, I know that we love a good. You know, tinfoil hat conspiracy yeah. on our after session, but yeah, I'm not going to go too far into it. But it sounds like it's probably going to be like you know Hearthstone esque arena stuff. But I think the, the 
the last thing I, I want to say about the, the coverage thing is, is just how funny I found it when people were sharing screenshots of that, you know, the, the arena promo trailer thing. Yeah. Everyone will know the world. Exactly. Will know. Yeah. It's like no one, no one knew like the person that won GP New Jersey had to tweet just, Oh, by the way, I won it because yeah. no one knew there wasn't even a picture of him on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like that's bad, right? Yeah. There were, there were some, there were some great memes, really good memes. It was, oh, it was a, it was a great weekend for memes. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed nobody picked up on, on the one that I posted, but it's all, it's all good. Is this where you're going to plug your own personal Twitter? Just <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, if if you if you do want to get in touch with us on social media, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Peach Garden Oaf. That's Oaf with an F. Uh, where you'll see such highlights as me tweeting at Sir Mixalot. Do you know who won GP New Jersey? <laughs> As you know, famously yeah, stated right. in the advert, even me, mix up, mix a lot, will know. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, do you want to go give that a like? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll go personally like it hey. right now if you like. That would be that would be great. That would... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good one. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know my one of my takeaways again was something I felt like a lot of people weren't picking up on was the fact that this Grand Prix specifically was sponsored by Adult Swim. Yeah, uh, their, their new thing. show Tiktone. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Adult Swim if you want to sponsor this podcast for plugging your new show Tiktone. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I will, I will shill for them. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll take all the Rick and Morty merch I can. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so this this Grand Prix event was sponsored by by them. So I mean, I, I you know, can only speculate on what the deal for the sponsorship was, but presumably there would be some money involved somewhere. Uh, so maybe you could have taken some of the costs for coverage from that. If not, if there mm-hmm. was no money or there was no, there was obviously not sort of enough money to cover that. Then I kind of feel like it sends a bad message to your sponsors going forward. Like if your sponsors are sponsoring an event and expecting to see their products sort of mentioned on your Twitch feed, on your YouTube videos, on your your website, and then it's just like radio silence. Mm-hmm. Kind of doesn't look that good for any potential future partnerships or sponsorships yeah it's not it's not great no but then on the flip side if we go back to tinfoil hats my my thinking is well maybe they kind of can't tell us anything about coverage because they actually have like a really cool awesome sort of revamped coverage thing coming up that is going to have sponsors and they can't for whatever reason sort of contractually sort of reveal anything about it um, until until they go live and they've got sponsors, you know, th- things you've seen like like Hearthstone, like other esports and stuff have like sponsors like uh, like Mountain Dew and you know all those sort of big energy drinks and products and stuff. And I think it's it's something that has definitely been discussed in the past as far as like magic coverage goes. Mm-hmm. And like if if they could just sort of get that sponsorship money, then they would be able to make some improvements to coverage. And I guess my. My tinfoil theory is that they have some deal in the works, or sort of all signed and ready to go, and that's what the future is going to be like. We need to get the rights to the uh, X Files music. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to just play while we go off about our uh, stupid theories, which like I think would be great if if, if that's if that's yeah, the case. Definitely. Like I I'll happily watch watch LSV chug some Mountain Dew gamer fuel or whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> if it means I can I can have some like. I don't know some cool, flashy graphics on the advantage bar. You know. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, I mean that sounds very feasible. Yeah, for sure. 
was something that, to me that might be happening. But yeah, the whole thing was uh, just sort of disappointing. And it, the, my, honestly, my main issue is just the lack of communication and transparency. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's my big issue. Yeah. So that's that's coverage moaned about. <laughs> well, have we got anything else to complain about? Oh, yeah. Where do we go next? <laughs> <sighs> so do you want to talk about the, uh, the Mythic Invitational? I guess so. Go ahead. So yeah, I guess uh, it was announced last week was the the Mythic Invitational tournament, Ooh. which was obviously this big million dollar tournament um, that they had announced for uh, is it PAX East? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, um, the event that's coming up. Uh, we knew it was going to be an arena tournament. We knew it was an invitational, so they were going to invite loads of uh, pro Magic players, and then also you would be able to qualify somehow through arena or magic online or pay for magic they hadn't really given any details of, of how of how you were going to be able to qualify mm-hmm. and then it all came out in one big article so yeah they announced this this mythic invitational um on the was the coast website and as a live stream they did uh they said it's going to be the first ever million dollar magic the gathering mythic invitational uh it is going to kick off an exhilarating new world of competitive magic and it's going to be a 64-player event, which has mm-hmm. 56 uh, players invited. That's a combination of Magic Pro League players. So love the really, really cool uh, Magic professional players. You'll know all of their names. Everyone from uh, Manguchi to Watanabe to Reed Duke, Owen Turtonwald, anyone and everyone who is in the MPL is going to be there. Well, I don't then, know who any of those people are. <laughs> uh, and then we have the list of invitees. Mm-hmm. So this seems to be a mix of uh, popular competitive Magic players and popular streamers. Yes. How do we define popular? That's a good question. Uh, I don't want to go off about this too much. No, no. I. Yeah, it, I, I think the... The list of people that have invited is, yeah, my majority of them are great and absolutely fine. Like everybody, everybody who's been invited deserves a spot at the end of the day. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But I, I think there have been sort of one or two glaring omissions from the list. Yeah, it's the problem. Like we, if we're hosting a tournament where we're inviting popular and successful magic streamers, yeah, to get some you... eyes on the magic and make exactly you know, lots of people watching it. Very good. I think giving. Um, maybe not as well-known streamers, but good streamers are the opportunity to go there. That's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, sort of smaller names that I'm excited to see on that list. Yeah. But if you're inviting loads of popular streamers, you know, why are you not inviting sort of the biggest? Yeah. I think my single gripe is, like, why are Saffron Olive and Jeff Hoogland not... Have why they not received invites to this tournament? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, even like Saffron Olive, you could kind of like you know, wave off and go, "Oh well, we have um, we have Krim Krim from MTG Goldfish is in is, is going to be playing," uh, mm-hmm. and you know, Saffron Olive hasn't maybe had the best sort of tournament results compared to some of the other people we've invited. Yeah, but I, yeah, I just don't think there's an there's a real excuse for not inviting Jeff Oogland. Like, yeah. Based on the fact that you you want to have people tuning in and watching this, 
and you have like you his numbers speak for themselves. Like you have like Jeff does a stream on a Wednesday morning that has ten thousand people watching. Yep. Like you posted some posted some of his statistics, and it's like he's the second second most watched Magic the Gathering stream in twenty nineteen. The first yep. one being there, the Star City. Exactly, like you're so outside of you know tournaments that we all watch, like the SCG Opens. Yeah. He is the biggest like solo Magic streamer. Oh yeah, and hasn't received an invite to this big showcase. Yeah, invitational where we're playing Magic on like Magic Arena and streaming, and it's crazy. It's honestly, I have no idea why he was admitted. Yeah, my like another one, which I think kind of goes hand in hand with Jeff Hoogland. It's like, where's Brian Kibler? Yeah. Why, why wasn't Brian Kibler invited? He, he went to the Silver Showcase, right? Wasn't I guess, yeah, I guess that's it, yeah. <laughs> I guess you, you can excuse that, sure. He had his chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I guess, like, this is this is the thing, because you could say about Kibler, like, okay, well, he doesn't actually stream, stream that much magic anymore. He's only about Hearthstone and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, but, they were playing, paying him to play Arena, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, he has streamed a lot of Arena. He yeah. has brought a lot of Hearthstone fans to Magic Arena. Yeah. They gave him his own preview card. Like, they clearly, you know... They invited him to Silver, Silver Showcase, and now this like big mythic invitational million dollar prize pool tournament. He's not there. That yeah. seems it just it seems confusing. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it, it is obviously it's quite difficult to talk about without kind of feeling like you're saying some of the people that have been invited don't deserve it. This but is the, that's, this is the that's like definitely not the case. Like I I think it's awesome. Anybody, I mean. Yeah, ninety nine percent of people that have been invited, uh, absolutely, you know, are great, great sort of spokespeople for the game. There's some really good players in there, uh, and I, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to watching the tournament myself. But yeah, it just it'll just be be a shame without, you know, just one or two extra names. I guess. I think this is part of the problem. Like, I guess they were trying to sort of create create uh, curate a list that. Appeal to all parts of the demographic, right? So yeah, they've got, sure. they've got you. You've got your big names, like you've got LSV on there, right? Yeah. Like, who doesn't even stream that much? <laughs> um, so you, you've got like, you've got your your big names, and then you've got like your your vaguely popular names, and then you've got people that are good at magic, and yeah. then you've got people that are like small time and trying to make it. And I guess they've tried to at some point certain people get left off, right? You have to you have to draw the line somewhere if you're yeah like, definitely yeah people. you're only inviting uh, fifty six players so. Mm-hmm. You have to draw the line somewhere, and you know that a bunch of those fifty-six players are from the Magic Pro League. Yep, that's the thing. Like, it 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 sucks, but you, you've got to draw the line somewhere. I just yeah. I find it weird that like specifically the most popular Magic streamer <laughs> wasn't invited. Yeah. That's that seems odd to me. Yeah, but yeah, obviously, like it is impossible to say with like, oh well, because you know if Jeff Hoogland made it onto there, then someone else who is equally as deserving wouldn't have made it on there. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to to discuss. I just yeah. Think. I mean, there are just... always eight spaces up for grabs. Oh God, we haven't even gotten to that yet, have we? Nope. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, um, but I've been spending twenty four hours a day, uh, but not been sleeping or using the toilet, <laughs> just so I can grind to get to the mythic invitational. Yeah, th- this is, is... how you're going to do it. Uh, this this is this is the big issue with these this sort of the other eight slots available for the Invitational so the other eight <laughs> slots go to the, the top eight ranked players uh, on Magic Arena mm-hmm. which like, that makes sense absolutely makes sure. sense, that's great yep. but I think the issue is like just 
what you have to do to get into the top eight and then stay in the top eight is is yeah, it's just unreasonable to be honest. That's the thing. You could reach Mythic. You can reach Mythic. Yeah. And like within a couple of days, we saw. But I saw. I can't remember who it was specifically. But someone had reached rank or Mythic, and you know, but you've got to stay there. Yeah. And you've got to you've got to be there when it counts at the end of the month. Yep. Um, and in order to do that, it requires it promotes an incredibly unhealthy lifestyle. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like you have to you have to get enough wins and sustain enough wins constantly to keep you up there at the the top of the, the top of the ladder. Yeah, and I mean, just it, you know, I I have a job, and you know, friends and a partner and a family, and I can't just spend all of my time on arena. Yeah, that's it. I think like the the people who are most likely to sort of get into that top eight spot are a lot of these very good magic players who are streaming like anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I think I do genuinely think that if if Jeff did want to qualify and want to show up in this tournament then you know he, he probably could could do it if he wanted to I think he's a good enough mm-hmm. magic player um, the problem would be like you're right like you would have to spend so much time yep. just awake and grinding magic yeah which like, I mean some people are managing it like if you look at um, I know like Wedge from the Mana Source I'm not sure where he stands currently but yesterday he was ranked uh, Mythic number 5 Mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows? You know, it's, it's, been, it's been a good twenty-four hours since that happened. So who knows if he's still in the top eight? Exactly. You just take a week off, or like you know, if you hit a couple of bad breakers and you crash down, like I don't know. It's it's it. You you just have to keep playing constantly and winning constantly because if you stop playing, then somebody who's below you will eventually play more than you and get more wins than you. So. And there's no real way to sort of track it either because you can't see any of any of the the data that Wizards of the Coast are seeing. Like you can't see like ELO rankings or anything. There's yep. there's nothing you can see other than a number, your mythic number, whatever. Yep, that's not great. So I, yeah, I think like all it does is just kind of promote this worrying, very unhealthy play pattern that you you're gonna have to do for the next the next month I guess exactly because you know if you're to, in order to get to the proto you're grinding GPs then you're doing that at the weekend yeah and you're doing it over a weekend and you're playing eight hours of magic a day yeah and then you're going to bed <laughs> and, and you're eating and you're you know I don't know maybe maybe it's not maybe I'm maybe I'm over exaggerating it doesn't require that sort of level of commitment but you can see people doing it right oh yeah absolutely and yeah like I, I kind of think that you have to. You yeah, have to do to that get to get there. Like you really do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's quite. It's yeah. quite. Quite worrying, I guess, for me personally. Like, if this is going to be the future of competitive digital magic, like yeah. just sitting there and grinding. Well, I guess. It's, I guess it's what the shareholders want at the end of the day, isn't it? Like they want people sitting there grinding, pumping money into the product. Yep. They want to turn their players into payers. Good one. Yeah, not mine, that's, unfortunately. That's, that's Go follow nice. Jim Sterling on YouTube. <laughs> oh, okay, at least you gave credit. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. We'll have to see how it shakes out at the end, right? Yeah, definitely. Maybe, like I say, I'll, I'll probably be watching the the tournament itself. The tournament will be. Oh yeah. It'll be uh, be interesting to say the least. I mean, all of it said, I'm actually excited for the tournament. It sounds really cool. Like, 
I'm excited to see, you know, these sort of 56 top, top in inverted commas, magic players just pl- playing playing arena and like having a big big tournament where you know you sort of know everyone who's there and you get to follow all these people that you know about and have enjoyed that their, their you know watching them play magic or watching their content before you know yeah. it's it's going to be good yeah um, i mean the other issue yeah it's the format <laughs> oh god of this it's mythic not, invitational it's just standard right just uh, just playing standard right that's how it works uh, so this new format for mythic invitational <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So this this is the thing that I think kind of upsets me the most about the whole thing. Like, you you get the invitational list through. You haven't been invited, so you spend twenty four days, you know, doing nothing but playing Magic for twenty hours a day. Mm-hmm. Grind up up there into the top eight. You stay there. You get there, and the format you're playing is a new format called Duo Standard. That's not a thing. No. So, in duo standard, <laughs> players will be submitting two standard legal decks. Uh, players will not sideboard between games, though Ugh. they may submit a sideboard for cards such as Mastermind's Acquisition. Oh, for God's sake. Players can submit two different decks, two of the same archetype with different cards in both, or the exact same deck twice. Great. Uh, game Sounds one, awful. which deck each player plays, yeah, with which deck each player plays and who goes first will be determined randomly. Yep. And game two, in the second game, players will use the deck they didn't play in game one. The player who went second in game one now goes first. And then if necessary, game three, each player selects one of their two standard decks to play for the third game. And then the player who goes first in the game is determined at random. Great. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we go into the whole sideboard thing now, right? Oh, for God's sake. Sideboarding isn't hard. Yeah, so they, they've they, they've sort of like copied the tournament structure from Hearthstone. Really Whereas in the Hearthstone actually... format, you would have like five different decks, and you you would play them all out sort of against each other and try to sort of meta each other. And it's it's I, I don't think it's something that would translate well into Magic exactly, but I think for Hearthstone, I think it works. I think it works well, and it's quite an interesting format to watch. Yeah, but reducing that down to two decks. For yep. magic, and then yep. them both being allowed to be the same deck is is kind of a bit odd. Yeah, I just don't I don't understand why we're doing this. Like magic yeah. has existed for twenty five years with best of three. You just play a deck and you get to sideboard between the games. Yeah. In order to make your matchup better. I don't understand why this is difficult. If you're getting into magic, you're getting into that that, that is an, an an inherent part of the game. And omitting it to I don't I don't even understand why they're omitting it. Like if they're just trying to try this out, then sure, but I don't think their big mythic one million dollar invitational should be the place that they're trying out this new format that might just be really bad. Yeah. Um why are you printing cards in standard that clearly exist for a sideboard? Why are you printing cards like Masterminds acquisition that requires a sideboard? If you're like just it's it sideboarding isn't difficult. You take out the bad cards, you put in the good cards. I don't understand why why we're having to mess with the what has worked for twenty five years. Yeah, I think I think like sideboarding. I would say that sideboarding is difficult to an extent because you have to you have to think about you know the meta game. You have to think about what could be your in your opponent's decks, what could be in your opponent's sideboards. Mm. I think it is 
I think it, it, can, it can be difficult, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think difficult is a bad thing. Magic is a difficult game. It always has, and you know, hopefully, always will be. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's that thing of like you have a puzzle there in front of you, and you've got to figure out how to crack that puzzle. And then yep. once you do, you get that you get that reward from it. And I, I think in this case, when when the reward is potentially two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for coming first, then yeah, that puzzle should be fairly difficult to crack. Yep, exactly. Like you're at the you're at the Mythic Invitational. You're either a Magic Pro League player, you're top of the arena ranks, or you're a well-known streamer or Magic personality. You should know how to sideboard. Yeah, we're watching like we're meant to be watching like the best of the best, right? Yeah, for sure. So you should be able to watch the best of the best playing Magic correctly. Yeah, and yeah, it it adds to the game. It is it is you know over fifty percent of your games are Magic sideboard games. Yeah, in terms of tournament play, obviously, like you know testing and whatever. And I'm talking specifically actual Magic, not like arena best of one yeah. matches. Um, like it, they're over fifty percent of your games of Magic. It, it is a skill. You don't get to be good at Magic. You don't. This is even how it's worked up until now. You don't get to win tournaments if you're not good at sideboarding. Yeah, that has just been inherently true. It is. It is a part of Magic. You can't be good at Magic if you're not good at sideboarding. And I don't understand why. While we're removing removing that aspect, and it adds it adds to the game because you know, <clears throat> one one player is really behind in the game, and the the opponent top decks their sideboarded Carnage Tyrant or their sideboarded Vivian Reed and they just win the game. Yes. Based on the back of that card and you get to go, oh, that's amazing. Because um, it flips it on its head. and but, Or you get to bring in the small edges and you get to like, maybe your main deck is like a super linear aggro deck and you don't have room for removal. Yeah. And you get to board in your removal spells to make your matchup easier and then you grind and you can transition your mono-red aggro deck into a mono-red control deck. And yeah, just, for sure. Like, it's so inherently important to the game of Magic that it's, I'm upset that they're pushing so hard for it to be removed between Arena Best of One being the sort of supported format yeah. and this duo standard nonsense where you have two decks I don't great okay I just don't I don't understand yeah I, I think I think they're like they're just trying to they're looking at what's popular in other games specifically Hearthstone what's popular in Hearthstone and going mm. oh well we'll do that we'll just do that but it's slightly different Sure. Our game, which I think they've they've done a lot of in in arena, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's fine. Which in is terms fine. Of like, in terms of the way the program operates, copying Hearthstone is fine. Yeah. In terms of having a ladder, in terms of you know how it looks, sort of, I think that's fine. I think they need to take more cues from Hearthstone. Yeah, their economy. Just dusting. Yeah. But um, the the thing is, like those game modes are op- optimized for Hearthstone. Yeah, for sure. The, the cards have been designed with that in mind, and we're now designing cards for two different games. You're designing cards for Arena where sideboards don't matter, in quotes, and you're designing it for tabletop paper tournaments where sideboards definitely matter because you don't get to win GP New Jersey if you don't have a sideboard. Like, you know, I just don't... We're designing cards for two different games and that just that just feels horrible for the game. Yeah, I, I think that's... That's the, the point that I've seen... Oh, I, I think the most over the, over the past the past fortnight really like all of the changes and all of the information and lack of information and ups and downs a big roller coaster ride the whole of January has been I guess the whole of the past mm-hmm. two months really have been has yep. kind of uh, spells out quite clearly to me that Magic Arena and Tabletop Magic definitely are two very different things and yeah, you should treat them as such 
sure. And I think that Magic Arena just is not going to be for some people. And, you know, maybe Tabletop Magic won't be for some people either, and they'll find enjoyment through Arena. This is the thing, like, this is what I've said a lot. And, um, you know, I keep changing my tune, like, based on the weather, it seems. But <laughs> my, uh, my opinion is that I don't want to play Magic Online. Specifically, I don't want to play Magic on the internet. <laughs> Not specifically the Magic Online program. Um, I just I, I have no interest in that. If I'm going to be on my computer playing a game, I'm going to play a video game. Sure. This is this has been my thing. Like I'll, I'll draft on Arena because I haven't had a chance to play Allegiance, and I wanted to draft it because the set looks cool and I've enjoyed it. And it allows me to you know like I said like sit in my bed and do five drafts in an evening. Yeah. But in terms of actually playing Magic, I have no interest in playing like grinding online or like playing tournaments online like I play magic for the interaction for playing with paper cards for sitting opposite an opponent and having a conversation with them and yeah. you know, playing mind games and all that all that sort of stuff that comes with actually sitting across from, from a human being and playing magic I have no interest in playing online if I was going to play online I'd play an actual video game yeah that, that, that's and, fair like I I love magic online uh, like unashamedly I think magic online is great um, mm-hmm. I think it serves its purpose quite well like when it works um you know anyone playing anyone listening from Wizards of the Coast like you, you need to fix X spells in Vintage like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really really badly yeah um yeah so I, I I think Magic Online is great I think even like Digital Magic Magic Arena is great because it allows you that that ease that accessibility you, you you've got people all over the country, people all over the world that don't have an easy access to a, a local game store. Mm-hmm. Um, like myself at the moment, like the situation I'm in is like, I, I could I could go and play Magic in a store at the weekends. Uh, I would struggle to get into a store on an evening after work to, uh, to sort of play in the first round unless I have to like leave work early or you know, postpone any other commitments I might have like immediately after work, which is something that I can't do most days. So I, I find that I very rarely am I getting long to FNM these days because I'd get there and be like, what, play two rounds of Magic, three rounds of Magic, miss the yep. first round. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Magic Online and, and Magic Arena to an extent because it gives me it gives me those options of playing Magic whenever I want, wherever I want. But yep. I, I think I think we just have to treat it treat it as a completely different game. Yeah, absolutely. Which feels feels very strange. I think just kind of echoes the whole sentiment of like 2019 is is a big year for magic it's a big year for change it's a very sort of transitional year we're going to go through some changes there's going to be some ups and downs it's uh it's going to be difficult i think but yeah definitely i i i think i i have faith in the magic players i think i have faith in the magic community i think you know hopefully Five years down the line, we'll look back and go, "Wow, well, that was a <laughs> that was a time, wasn't it?" I'm glad we got through that. Yeah, this is what that's that's pretty much the sentiment I was about to yeah. about to make. Like, hopefully, in like a few years' time, we'll look back at it. You know, maybe Arena is a completely separate tabletop, and they've got their own sort of tabletop um, part of Wizards of the Coast that they just focus on that, and they just focus on Arena, and the two never intermingle apart from the fact they use the same cards, like. And we'll just look back at this and think, oh, that was that was silly. We all get to enjoy the magic that we like, and yeah. that's all I want. That's the thing. I like. I, I don't begrudge people playing arena. I don't. I don't. If people like playing arena, or like arena is the only magic that people are able to play, 
absolutely it's it's a great it's a great accessible program it's it's what it spells for paper magic that is my problem uh and i think we're just in that period at the moment where we don't get told anything yeah or we get told in a reply to a tweet about what's happening and none of us really go so i, I mean people like me i'm i'm very much a, a panicky person yeah. <laughs> so as soon as anything like this happens like, oh magic's dead great okay I'd say, so I, I think like my cards. Yeah, because of because of the ups and downs we've seen over the years of magic and you know a lot of the times especially recently Wizards of the Coast have just have just completely missed on like a lot of the things they've done or they've been completely mm-hmm. tone deaf of a lot of the things they've done yep. I think you know consumer confidence in the paper product is possibly i mean i can't imagine what it was like back when chronicles came out but i don't yeah. kind of want to say it, it's it quite possibly could be an all-time low mm-hmm. so when we don't hear anything from them when things are being cut when changes are happening it's only natural to, to assume the worst yeah i think it's, it's very easy to do and i'm trying like i'm really trying not to assume the worst but uh mm-hmm. yeah these, these this past fortnight's been it's been pretty trying but i, I think sort of coming out of the the other end of it and seeing you know the small information that we have had from them and just seeing the reaction from everybody in the community has kind of you know restored some faith in the community for me and to the point where i'm thinking like it 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 doesn't matter like it just doesn't matter what you know wizards of the coast do or what their organized play teams do magic players are always going to have the cards magic players are always going to want to play magic yeah like we've seen that in you know the old school community we've seen that in the legacy community you know Wizards of the Coast can try to kill legacy as much as they want but it's you know not falling out of popularity at all I I think Magic is a great game Magic is probably the best game the game speaks for itself and as long as the cards are physically there it's always going to be there in some form or another that's the thing I think you know for all my doom and gloom and my my complaining I'm just I'm just you know that's what I do um, as long as as long as what's you keep printing the cards, we'll keep playing the game. Like that's that's it's it's as simple as that. Like, yeah, like they, they don't even need to keep printing the cards. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like look at the old school community. Yeah, if you think about like how many cards get printed now, as opposed to how many cards got printed back in the nineties, in the very early nineties, mm-hmm. like card accessibility and availability is pretty much always going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be able to play whatever you want for as long as you want, as long as you have people to play it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like if we can, if we can just continue to be a a strong, you know, hopefully united community, the game's always going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I think uh, you know, any chance I get to. Uh, have a good complaint and a moan. <laughs> I'm definitely going to take it. Yeah, for sure. It's it's only natural, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And, and yeah, I haven't haven't feel, been feeling great about it myself. Yeah, I think yeah. The one thing to take away from this episode is that sideboarding isn't hard, <laughs> and that's that's the one step I think I'm sticking by. No, side sideboarding is difficult, and that's okay because magic's difficult, and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Magic's hard. Like, let people enjoy a hard. Like, people. So many people have gotten into magic and stick with magic, and you know, like, how hard did you think magic was when you first started playing? You know what I mean? Like, and you're still playing it despite the fact that it was difficult, and you thought you oh, could yeah. never win games. You know, 
we're, we're all at a point when we first started playing Magic and you played against a good a good deck at FNM and you got crushed and you're like, I can never do this. This is way too difficult. How do I beat this? Well, I'm still here six years later, so you know it has magic you know i think it kind of kicks off kind of oppositely in me like i'll I'll get absolutely crushed and destroyed by something and then i'll think right how do i beat this mm-hmm. or at least i used to think like right how can i beat this now i just net deck so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey i told you not to do that last week stop it yeah. <laughs> <sighs> i think that's enough doom and gloom for one episode yeah i think so do you have any anything positive you'd like to finish on today um uh, Ravnica Allegiance is cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Ravnica Allegiance is really cool. Yeah, I think yeah. probably the other thing that we did have that we haven't touched on yet was um, we got an announcement that the new set coming in April is going Ooh. to be called War of the Spark. Yeah, I'm excited. As, yeah. as someone that's uh, very much into the lore, I'm uh, very excited about the set. Yeah, definitely. And I only only know three words of it, you know? Four yeah. words. <laughs> so Yeah, War of the Spark is what it's called. On the nice little advertisement card that comes in Magicka in uh, Ravnica Allegiance booster packs, there's a nice picture mm-hmm. of Gideon and Liliana. Yep. So you can you can assume that they're going to be at least in the set, or maybe Planeswalker decks, or or who knows? You know, Gideon's wielding uh, Black Blade, so that's pretty pretty exciting, right? Black White Gideon. Here we maybe, go. Maybe, maybe. I'd be very excited if it was a Black White Gideon. That'd be so Black sweet. White Gideon partner Planeswalkers. Who knows? Who knows no. what's going to happen? No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> not, never that. Yeah, that's. I think that's sort of the most exciting thing for me coming up. That and um, there's also the the announcement that sometime in February, uh, towards the end of the month, that there's going to be an announcement specifically for modern players. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think it's going to be a new product. Um, given little things Mark Rosewater's kind of hinted at on his uh, his blogger talk posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and given that it, it is Mark Rosewater working on it, I would assume it's going to be like some sort of like innovation product or you know, something which has had proper exploratory design rather than just like it's a master set under a different name or like oh it's Challenger decks but for modern. Cause It'll probably be Challenger decks but for modern. I, I really don't know because they're not typically the type of product that Mark Rosewater would work on. Mm, I really hope it's not new cards just for modern. I think it might be. Uh, if I had to guess, if I had to guess anything, it's probably going to be that. Yeah, but I mean, this I, is, this I, is, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Mm-hmm. This is the split of magic. There we go. Right, Mark Rosewater starts designing cards for modern, so that we have modern magic, and then we have standard, which you can only play on arena. Maybe, maybe. Right, right. Tinfoil hat. Thanks for music. Sure. As long as as long as Magic Online is still around, so I can keep playing vintage, I'm, I'm all happy. I think you've got another go, two years at a push. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just close that program. Uh, time Let's to not. sell off my organs so I can buy some power. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a reasonable investment. Yeah, sure. you only need one kidney, right? Yeah. So I guess that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, we do the old social media plugs before we go. Uh, also, oh, yeah. we are on Patreon as well. So that is something that we should keep mentioning keep pushing uh, mm-hmm. if you do enjoy listening if you want to give anything back it would be just just massively appreciated I've got a few mm-hmm. different tiers on there it's you know as a little as a dollar a month it's 25 cents per episode ish in a regular month um it's you know probably going to be like a dollar per episode if you're taking january into consideration <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
uh, a couple of uh, sort of higher tiers. A uh, $4 tier gives you access to our Patreon feed. Uh, so that's just $1 per episode in a regular month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon feed is going to have some cool exclusive or perhaps early content. So stuff like we're going to be uh, attempting to do some sort of streaming or commentary over like arena games or Magic Online streams. And yeah, maybe I'll like lend you my Magic Online account and watch you go through Vintage League. Oh, God. Yeah, how do you feel about playing uh, DPS and Vintage? Okay, um, I mean, I know what all the cards do. Yeah. Right? So that's halfway. That's half the battle. <laughs> you can count to nine and cast ten rolls, right? I I can count to nine, yeah. I can count to ten. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, if you want to go check that out, it's patreon.com slash hour of devastation. Is there anything at all that we get, we are absolutely grateful for. We don't do this for anything in return uh, so if you do feel like you want to give you have our eternal thanks mm-hmm. social media if you want to hit us up on social media you can get us on Twitter we are at HUFDcast or on mm-hmm. Facebook we are facebook.com slash HUFDcast or we are HUFDcast.com if you want to check out our website which is largely defunct but <laughs> I will at some point just take a week off work and update that thing Sounds great. Personal social media, you can get at me on Twitter. I'm at Peach Garden Oaf. That's Oaf with an F. Uh, or you can just get me on Facebook. I'm Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any Magic the Gathering group on Facebook. Uh, come talk to me about anything, pretty much. Um, I, I have opinions on things, right? Yeah, definitely. Some of them, correct. Hey. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. Yeah. Um, you can just... See, instead of just playing about magic, you can go on my Twitter and see me complaining about all manner of things yeah, yeah, that yeah. are specifically <laughs> magic related. Because that doesn't just, you know, my complaining capabilities aren't just limited to magic. <laughs> Everything in the world makes me uh, makes me vaguely annoyed. So you can do that, um, but you know, don't don't talk to me on Facebook unless you want to buy some magic cards, right? And then you'll probably see me in the trade group just trying to sell cards for far less than they're worth. It's <laughs> <laughs> normally what I'm doing. Yeah. Well. That's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Woohoo!